the ring of truth. I am too well accustomed to the taking of evidence not to detect the ring of truth. 1908, Edith Wharton. Gotta give us what we want. Uh. Gotta give us what we need. Hey. Our freedom of speech is freedom of death. We, we got, got to fight the powers that be. Fight the power. January 6th was a false flag. And it was a culmination of a coup. It was the establishment, deep state, whatever you want to call the cabal. It was a culmination of their stealing of the 2020 election. And it involved a lot of players, including Nancy Pelosi, Mike Pence, Mitch McConnell. Let's get to the bottom of January 6th. Not the insurrection, but the coup that took place. Why it took place that day. What really happened behind closed doors in Congress and the Senate that day. Let's get into this, folks. Welcome to BCP Unfiltered. This is a very important special report. Jordan Conradson with the Gateway Pundit. I'm here with GOP MAGA Congressman Paul Gosar. So, Congressman Gosar, when are we going to see real hearings on the January 6th footage from inside the Capitol? All right, what I'm showing you here, folks, is an interview that Jordan Conradson over at the Gateway Pundit had with Paul Gosar, uh, Congressman Paul Gosar. And there are some very interesting things and highlights here that are going to solve as an introduction and a launch pad to my showing you mind-boggling information about the coup that took place on January 6th and how it was a culmination and the cover-up for the stolen election of 2020. And I'm basing this on a fantastic analysis done and research done by a not-so-anonymous Anon over at the conservative treehouse. Please forgive the little hissing noise in the video and audio that's from the source uh, audio that I got. Uh, and also, I think when Jordan Conradson is referring to a Jake Angeli, I think he's talking about Jacob Chansley. Okay, so let's let me uh, play this for you as an introduction. And um, are we going to see justice for people like Jake Angeli, you know, mothers like Ashley Babbitt's mother? people who are going through this horrible political persecution. We have to, because the limited tapes that uh, Tucker has been releasing shows a completely 180 from what was presented at the J6 committee. Mm -hmm. Because we need to get to the bottom of this. And it shouldn't stop, stop here. We also need to bring Ms. Pelosi in, in regards to her dictation uh, prior to, because she set the standard and the stage for this. Let's, let's, let's really turn up the, the volume. We need people to be held accountable. So um, you were talking about Nancy Pelosi. If, mm -hmm. if, if you guys were to look into Nancy Pelosi's ties to the January 6th, um, what they're calling an insurrection, you know, they're standing by their narrative everywhere they go. Same with Liz Cheney. Is there a chance that you guys could prosecute certain members of Congress or former members of Congress over the January 6th? I, I, I would not uh, leave it at just that. I think there's also military that are involved. That segment was from two or three days ago, posted over at the Gateway Pundit. And Paul Gosar says, it's not just Nancy Pelosi. I believe that the military was involved. What do you call it when the military works with 
seditious, treasonous, traitorous, rat bastards within the government to take over the government, we call that a coup. And folks, the coup happened with the stolen election of 2020 and the cover-up operation of that coup was what January 6th was all about. 2021 was the year of coup. In 1968, political scientist Edward Lutwak released Coup d'etat, a practical handbook. Essentially, a step-by-step -step cookbook for would-be dictators. Our very first step is to select a target. As Americans learned on January 6th, no country is immune from coups, and it always pays to stay vigilant against them. Still, there are some characteristics that make a coup more or less likely to succeed. For starters, they tend to have a high concentration of power. Coups rarely command a numerical advantage. They're surgical operations, not overwhelming displays of firepower. Our ideal country has a definite political center, a single capital city home to all the administrative and bureaucratic headquarters a.k.a. a single point of failure. January 6th had the hallmark of a coup d'etat, but it wasn't the coup of the insurrectionists who were truly just political protesters who were actually, ironically enough, protesting the actual coup d'etat, which, as you see here, had all of the makings of a textbook coup d'etat. It was relatively bloodless, and it took place at the center of government power, which in the United States is Washington, D.C. And now let's get into this great analysis done by longtime conservative treehouse reader and commentator, Anon Reggie Tiger, who has been looking into this. Because of what's happened with Tucker Carlson releasing these January 6th tapes, and the CCTV footage from inside the Capitol, a lot of questions have been raised. Let's look at those questions and answer them. Some of those questions might include... The FBI and government apparatus had advanced knowledge of the scale of the January 6th Mall Assembly, yet doing nothing? Why were the Capitol Hill police never informed of the FBI concerns? Why didn't House Speaker Nancy Pelosi secure the Capitol Hill complex? And why did she deny the request by President Trump to call up the National Guard for security support? Why did the FBI have agent provocateurs in the crowd, seemingly stimulating rage within a peaceful crowd to enter the Capitol building? Why have there always been these nagging questions around why? The nagging questions is because we know that it's a bunch of BS, the false narrative fed to us about January 6th. So let's get into the meat of this, folks. This stuff is absolutely great analysis and mind-blowing. Okay, first of all, we got to give credit where credit is due. Reggie Tiger spent a great deal of time reviewing the entire process of January 6th, looking at the granular timeline and then overlaying the bigger picture, as he puts it, of the constitutional and parliamentary process itself. Reggie Tiger, I say, as he put it, it could be a she, I don't know. Now, 
what Reggie Tiger did is put together a brilliant analysis of the federal government's motive to create the January 6th crisis to begin with that permitted House Speaker Nancy Pelosi to trigger an emergency session and avoid the 2020 election certification challenges. This is really good stuff, folks. These are really good. This is really good stuff. Those congressional floor challenges known and anticipated well in advance of the morning of January 6, 2021 would have formed had they been allowed to go forward a legal and constitutional basis for standing in a judicial challenge that would have ended up at the Supreme Court. The certification during the emergency session, however, eliminated the problem for Washington, D.C. This is what Reggie Tiger says. I think most, not all, but a large number of people are totally missing what happened and why this happened on January 6th. I am going to try my best to outline the events of that day and blast past the commonly held assumptions and get right to the core corruption. Okay, folks, Reggie Tiger presents this in a series of questions. So let's look at the questions and then let's answer those questions. Once again, huge bravo to Reggie Tiger for doing the heavy lifting and putting this analysis together. How do you prevent Congress from delaying the certification of state electoral votes? Why was it necessary to halt the chamber process? What was so important to refuse this motion and the subsequent votes to suspend the electoral certification? Could this have been done some other way other than by creating a crisis slash protest? Why did the motions, once that the Speaker reconvened Congress, move forward back again to the floor for votes? Why were members disallowed to even consider putting forward any motions to the floor when the chamber business was reopened? Other than new rules, emergency rules, what other peculiar things occurred when the Speaker reconvened? All right, let's tackle them. Each of these six questions, one by one. How do you prevent Congress from delaying the certification of state electoral votes? Simple. You require a crisis. A crisis that creates an emergency and an emergency that invokes special house rules. Facts. Remember carefully, focus please, just moments, literally three minutes before two representatives issued a vote for motions to suspend the certification the House members were informed by Capitol Police and other agents that a protest was about to breach the chambers. It was at this time that key people, Pence, Pelosi, Schumer, McConnell, can be seen being walked out and escorted from the chamber. This effectively halted the entire chamber process. Why was it necessary to halt the chamber process? It was necessary to halt the chamber process because of the motion challenges. The crisis was created to eliminate the motion challenges, to halt the certification, and to begin voting to look into voting irregularities and fraud. 
Facts. The two motions were completely legal and constitutional under at least two constitutionally recognized procedures. Procedures that would require the House to pause the certification and then vote to determine whether the motions to suspend could move forward. What was so important to refuse this motion and the subsequent votes to suspend the electoral certification? It was important to remove the process entirely and continue the fraud and certify the fraud with no detractors on record. There could be no record of this. This effectively gives no standing for a Supreme Court ruling appeal. Understand this. If those two motions, even just one, had successfully been voted, even if the motions were denied in the vote, this would have presented them with standing for a constitutional legal argument before the Supreme Court of the United States. Could this have been done some other way other than by creating a crisis slash protest? Yeah, that's not likely. In order to prevent those two motions, it requires that the Speaker of the House, minority leaders, and the President of the Congress, which was Vice President of the United States, Michael Pence, to not be present in the chambers. Once the Capitol Police and other law enforcement agents inform the Speaker and these three other individuals, Pelosi unilaterally, under emergency rules, suspended the business of the Congress. The protest was necessary. The crisis was created because there is no other way to suspend the business of certification unilaterally. By creating this crisis, this false flag, they were able to invoke emergency procedures. No other circumstances other than war would have created such unilateral speaker-delivered suspension of the certification that day. Why did the motions, once that the speaker reconvened Congress, move forward back again to the floor for votes? Why were members disallowed to even consider putting forward any motions to the floor when the chamber business was reopened? Speaker Nancy Pelosi initiated the new session under special emergency rules. These rules totally abandon and make it clear that the only purpose of the new session was to expedite the certification and dismiss all prior regular session procedural rules. This is why those two motions to table votes to consider a debate and pause to the certification of state vote electors never happened later that evening when the House business was reconvened. Other than new rules, emergency rules, what other peculiar things occurred when the Speaker reconvened? Well, if you recall, members were now allowed to vote in proxy, remotely, without even being present. You can use your imagination about what conditions were placed on all members during this time to prevent anyone from getting out of line. Also, clearly, it was at this new session that Vice President Mike Pence president of the Congress, would also have no ability to even consider pausing the electoral certification because there were no motions of disagreements on the matter. So in a technical legal claim, he is correct that he had no constitutional authority to address any issues of fraud or doubts about electoral irregularities. But this completely dismisses the fact that Congress created rules in this crisis, manufactured crisis, manufactured emergency that never allowed them to even be brought to the floor. 
Ricky Tiger implores us to understand what really happened on January 6, 2021, saying, don't get hung up on Viking imposters. <laughs> Jacob Chansley reference there. Stolen Pelosi computers, podium heists, and complicit Capitol Police. Understand the process and what happened and what was not allowed to happen. This was a coup. It was a very organized and carefully planned coup. Mike Pence, the vice president, without a doubt, as well as most members of the House, were quite aware of how the certification was going to be managed. It would require new rules to prevent the debate clause from occurring. New rules that only an emergency crisis could create. So damn it, they created an emergency. It was a false flag. They created this crisis. At the very center of this coup stands Mike Pence, the same individual who also spoiled President Trump's first opportunity in the earliest hours of his presidency just four years prior when he created and facilitated the removal of Lieutenant General Michael Flynn. Understand this. According to Reggie Tiger, Mike Pence was and is working for the most corrupt criminal treasonous people in government. The crisis was developed just in time and with a precise coordination to prevent those two motions to be entered into the chamber record. The two motions do not exist. The emergency powers established in the new session made sure they never could be entered. The emergency powers could never happen without a crisis. They created the crisis. January 6th is a false flag. It was the culmination of the coup that started when they stole the election of 2020. It was the cover-up operation. It was the last part of the coup operation. And everything we've been seeing since then, folks, the January 6th uh, committee, the sham impeachment of President Trump, the second uh, sham impeachment, all of the lies about Sicknick and the shooting of Ashley Babbitt, all everything that's been after that has been a continuation or a cover-up of the coup. Reggie Tiger ends by saying, God bless America. And I echo that. God bless America. Huge hat tip to Reggie Tiger. I hope I'm even pronouncing your name correctly. Great analysis and thank you. Folks, if you appreciated this episode and you are not a paid subscriber or a supporter of our show, please consider doing so. The links are wherever you are watching this program. Until the next one, ciao, goodbye. God bless you and God bless America. Gotta give us what we want. Uh, gotta give us what we need.